welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm super duper excited to be here today. And look, you guys. Okay, so first of all, if you're listening to this episode and not watching on the YouTubes, you're missing out on seeing a wicked cute Toby pajamas sleeping in the background. <laughs> oh my God, you guys. I love him so much. I love him. I love him. Um, so Toby pajamas is my um, my elderly cat. He's 15 years old. He's back there and he's taking a nap. So he's my co-host today. So brought to you by me and uh, Toby PJs. <laughs> All right, look at. I think I'm going to call this one, say what you mean, say what you mean. And what's interesting is I was literally going to make this like a five minute episode. I'm like, I'm going to make this a wicked short episode because I just want to talk about this one particular weird, quirky thing that people do all the time. I've done it myself. Other people do it all the time. I've seen memes about it, like the whole thing. I'm going to dive into that. Um, say what you mean. But then it led to um, something else that I thought, oh, you know what? I want to talk about this aspect of that as well. I know right now it sounds like I'm being mysterious and I don't... <laughs> not doing a very good job of the hook of making you guys curious. I don't know, am I? <laughs> but here's what I'm trying to say. <sighs> but I'm also going to uh, share a couple of tips and helpful tools that I think will support you in your communications with yourself, with the different parts of yourself, but also with your, your loved ones, your sweeties, your siblings, your coworkers, whoever, other people, right? In your connection and communication with other people. Because who doesn't want to be a better communicator? Who doesn't want to be able to share what is on their heart and on their mind in a really kind of meaningful and... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like a meaningful and um, a way that you can actually be heard, right? And received and maybe uh, get your needs met. And I don't mean that in a manipulative way. And you'll see what I'm talking about in a minute. Okay. So I was talking with my friend, Emmeline. And uh, this is where kind of the impetus of, of this episode, Say What You Mean, came from. And we were talking about how. So first of all, I saw this meme. Okay. And it said, or this like little graphic, and it said, I'm going to teach you a really kind, like Southern way, like the way Southerners get themselves off the phone when they don't feel like talking to you anymore. Okay. So this is kind of the heartbeat of what this thing was. And it said, so from a Southerner's point of view, this is what you do. You say, okay, dear, I'm going to let you go now. 
And I saw it and I immediately just like, oh, like I just wanted to like, oh, like what I'm doing right now. Like, oh, I just want to rub my forehead. Like, no. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why that that phrase kind of bugs me. Now, look, I'm not saying I get off scot-free. I've used that suck of myself. I have heard myself utter those words. And we're going to go into why I would prefer that we not say that when we mean something else. Um, but number one, okay, so it's kind of this funny, ha ha, when you want to get the fuck off the phone or end a conversation, like, or whatever, and you kind of do that thing, like you're pretending to be nice and you're pretending to be thinking about the other person and you say, all right, I'm going to let you go. I'm always like, why? I didn't, I, in my head, this is what I'm thinking. I think, am I acting like I want to go? Did I tell you that I need to go? Did I give you the impression that I was on some sort of a time crunch? Like if I'm here and I'm still engaged in the conversation, it's because I want to be here. So you don't need to let me go. <laughs> you know what I mean? And people do it all the time. They'll be like, all right, well, I'm going to let you go. And I'm like, I didn't ask to be let go. I don't want to be let go. What if I don't want to be let go, you know? And what I've discovered, and I'm hopefully going to be able to stay on track because I have so many thoughts about this. What they really mean is I want to get going. Usually, I'm not saying always. Remember, you guys, there's nuances in our humanity. So I'm not saying every single person, every single time. Okay, we can touch on a couple of these. But I think what it stems from is people don't want to be rude. People don't want to say, I have to get going or I don't want to talk to you anymore or this conversation is over or I have other shit to do. So instead of saying, I need to go, They'll say, I'm going to let you go. And they try to like make the decision for the other person without feeling like an asshole, right? So not only do they get what they want, they get that need met of like, I want to go, but they make it seem like they're doing you a favor. <laughs> and so I find the whole thing fascinating. And I thought to myself, okay. I can understand saying that phrase. Now, let's say you and I, listener, loyal listener. First of all, thank you for being here and listening to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. But let's say you and I were having a convo, a little, little chatty chat, okay? And at the beginning of the conversation, I say something like, hey, look, I only have five minutes or seven minutes or I got to call it four. I got to call it whatever, right? And I lead with the fact that I have a short amount of time or a small window to be present or to have the, the conversation. That's one thing. That makes total sense. When the other person realizes that they're bumping up against that, you know, that time frame, they can say, or that when the clock's running out, they can say, hey, I'm going to let you go. I know you got that call for. That's one thing. But when People do it when like they're talking to maybe like their mother or their auntie who just goes on and on and on about their ailments or like whatever, or they're just not interested or they're bored or whatever. And they'll say, all right, I'm going to let you go now. And I just like, well, how about instead of using that line, right? And maybe it's just a, a, a society acceptable, like as, as a society, we've accepted that that's just a thing that we all do. And I don't know, like, I'm just kind of, maybe I'm a weirdo. Maybe I'm a weirdo. Maybe, maybe, um, I don't want to say I'm kind of a dick because I don't think it's dick. <laughs> although, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure there are people out there that might think that about me. 
But what I would prefer is that we just say what we actually mean, which is I need to get going and I want to get going. And I think some part of us feels bad for asking for what we need. And instead of saying like, hey, I told you 30 minutes ago, like I had to keep this short and you just keep running your mouth and you just keep talking and you're making me feel like you didn't hear me or you don't care that I have this need of like, I need to like tap in my watch on my wrist, right? I got to get going, right? We just kind of say, okay, I'm going to let you go. And I thought, what would happen if we actually just said honestly, what needed to happen. So when I was talking with Emmeline, one of these things that we came up with and we were laughing so hard is like, what if we just said, I'm going to let myself go now. <laughs> oh my God. Will somebody please say that to me in a conversation sometimes? I, and I was like, I'm going to start using that. I was like, I'm like, let's start. <laughs> with Emily. I was like, let's start saying that to each other. All right, I'm going to let myself go now. <laughs> Freedom, you know, like, oh, my God, because that's really the truth. Right. And there have been so many times when I've been talking to somebody and I'm like, hey, I literally have like, you know, because they call you and you don't answer. They text you and you finally you're like, ah, and you're like, what? What is it? What do you need? What is so important? And then they're like, well, you have a question. And you're like, okay, well, you can ask your question, but I only have five minutes. Like literally, I'll, you know, you're about to walk into a place or whatever, but they keep going and going and they do not, like they've totally forgotten about you. They've totally forgotten about your request. They've totally forgotten about the fact that you told them like, hey, look, like I, I, I'm telling you right now, I don't want you to think I'm rude. So we're like asking them to acknowledge our feelings, acknowledge my need. I've requested that I'm going to need to go in five minutes. Hey, I'm happy to help. I, I'm observing that you, you, you have a need and it seems really pressing. You've made it really urgent and somehow now it's my problem, but okay, I'm going to give you a few minutes of my time. But then they just totally, it's like they totally get amnesia and they totally forget that you just said, I got to go. And in those cases, it's like, oh my God. I mean, so there have been times when I've when, I, when I'll just blurt out, I really have to go. Now, sometimes I might be the culprit. I might be like, I have to go in five minutes, knowing that that's going to give me enough time to prepare for something else. But then I keep blathering on. And then eventually I'll just blurt out to also wake myself, the like to bring myself out of my own self-induced stupa. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, I've, I really better go, you know what I mean? Like, wake up, wake up. Okay, so here's the thing. We sometimes feel afraid to just say what we mean. Sometimes it's because it can feel really vulnerable to make a request, right? Sometimes it can feel like um, I don't want to... I don't know. I think a lot of times, mostly though, we're just afraid to be rude. And there's a line that I always say. I always say this to people. Um, I want to hear what you have to say. Like whenever somebody's giving me feedback, I always say to them, it's not so much what you say, it's how you say it to me. And what I mean by that is it's the intention and the energy in which you say it to me. Because if I know that you love me, if I know that you have my best interest at heart, if I know you're not trying to shame me or make me feel stupid 
or purposefully hurt my feelings. Like if you're just saying something that needs to be said and it's hard to say and it's awkward and it's uncomfortable, but it's for my own good in a loving way, like I can hear that because I understand the energy and the intention in which it's being said to me. That's really different than when somebody comes for you and somebody is trying to kind of like pussyfoot around and say things in a way that's like a backhanded compliment or they're trying to say a thing without saying a thing or they just go and say it and then pretend like, um, like you're the one with the problem because you didn't hear it the way that they intended it. When you can fucking tell, you can tell that they meant to be, pa they're being passive aggressive. You can tell there was a little bit of envy or jealousy or bitterness or whatever. Like you could feel the under, the, you could feel the thing under the under, like you could feel the thing, the energy. So they were saying one thing with their mouth, but you could feel that the words that they were saying did not match the like the energy underneath, the intention underneath. And so one of the things I always say to people is this, I'm finally going to say it. Honesty, because here I am, I'm titling this thing, say what you mean. And here's the caveat, <clears throat> excuse me, the caveat to this. Okay, honesty without compassion is brutality. I'm going to say that again. Honesty without compassion is brutality. So the question I always try to ask myself, now I try, you see the word I said, try? I don't always get it right. I am not perfect, right? Ah, uh, KK is still a work in progress. But I do try to be mindful because I know the power of words and I know how manipulative we can be with our words, especially when we're trying to get a particular outcome, right? Like we know sometimes we're having conversations and people are just trying to push their agenda. They don't really care about you. They're just trying to manipulate you, right? Through their, um, their verbal gymnastics to get a particular outcome. So- Here's the thing that I try to ask myself, right? Like, am I trying to communicate in a way that is clear, is concise, is loving, is designed for connection, right? Honesty without compassion is brutality. And we are responsible for the way that we use our words. So if I'm going to quote unquote, say what I really mean, I better understand my own intention of why I'm saying the thing, how I'm saying the thing and who I'm talking to, like taking those things into account. Because if we just blurt out some stuff at somebody, their nervous system might not be at capacity. They may not be in a place when they can actually hear it. Now, look, we're not always responsible for how another person receives information, you know, and I've, I've talked about this before, but when I was a communication ma communications major at Boston University, <clears throat> you know, I did a lot of stuff in advertising and communications, and I've always been a lover of books and words and storytelling, and I'm a communicator, right? Obviously, here I am. I have a podcast, um, but I'll never forget the first day, the very first class I had in calm, the my communications professor said, the message sent is almost never the message received. The message sent is not always the message received, meaning you can say a thing, right? So if you're not watching this, if you're listening to this, what I'm doing is I'm holding up my hands. Let's call it about, I don't know, two, two and a half feet apart or whatever, two, two three feet apart, okay? 
So on one side is you, the communicator. You are sending a message and maybe you're doing it verbally. Maybe you're doing it through a post or a video or a song or whatever. Like you're saying this thing, you're self-expressing and you're sharing something from your heart or your mind and you are expressing. Now, by the time it gets to the other person, right? This is the other hand. By the time that message travels across time and space into the ears, right? Perhaps. And maybe it's sign language. So maybe they see it signed to them, right? However it is that we're communicating, reading it, seeing it, hearing it, feeling it, whatever. By the time it gets through, right? First of all, across across the, the, the wavelength of like moving through time and space. And before it comes into them, it goes through though this filtering process. You have how's their nervous system that day? What's their mood like? What's their history? What tone of voice? Uh, like, are they hearing this as an attack or are they hearing it as just being direct or are they hearing it as loving but firm based on their past experiences? So you have all of these filters and all of these layers. You might say one thing, but by the time it lands in that other person's brain and then the meaning making that happens in their subconscious and everything is like, oh my God. So it behooves us to try to be as clear as possible to know exactly where we're coming from when we say whatever it is, the thing that we're going to say. And we can ask ourselves these things. Okay, where am I really coming from? Like internally, like what's my vibe? What's my energy when I'm delivering this thing? And what's my intention? Like, what am I really trying to communicate? And I talk about this all the time. Like when Tolstoy, right? I'm paraphrasing this quote that I um, I heard it from um, my one of my teachers and mentors, Andre Debuse III. Um, but it's a you know he he was quoting and saying that Tolstoy always says that at a r t at right to me at is a form of communication right so at is transferring feeling from one heart to another. So what I'm always trying to do is to uh, and again I do not always do it well but I try is to communicate what's really in my heart. And then hope somehow it also lands in your heart, that there is some sort of divine energy, some divine, um, you know, communication that allows you to truly hear the contents of my heart, that you know that I'm saying it with love. You know that I'm saying it with um with, with without some sort of manipulated outcome. Like I really am doing this to um, help you to better understand me, uh, uh, to, to know me, so that we might have a deeper connection. And it's also the way that we wanna listen, right? Because communication has several parts. And like, so um, when you're the receiver of information, when somebody is saying what they mean, are you listening to understand? Are you listening empathetically? Are you listening with the desire to connect? Or are you just waiting for your turn to respond? Are you listening with judgment and criticism, right? Are you trying to participate in the communication and in the conversation where you are adding to, right? Not detracting from, like, so for me, it's it, I break it down very simply, like, are you communicating from a place of love? Or are you communicating from a place of fear? Are you communicating from a place of spirit and truth, right? Or are you communicating from a place of the ego and the need to be right? Like really what's the agenda? Because I really do believe people can tell when you're trying, trying, not always, 
Because sometimes people are caught up in their own anxiety, in their own spiral or their own victim loop or their own, they they have lost, their brain has been hijacked. The prefrontal cortex is not online. Lights on, nobody's home. So they can't hear you, nor do they want to hear you, nor do they. And you see this a lot, right, in, in politics. We see it a lot when there's divides across, whether it's race, culture, economic status, whatever. When people just aren't interested in listening to each other, they're just more interested in being right, right? So there's a way to listen with empathy, with compassion, with a desire to understand. Uh, and I really do believe that people can feel the difference between when you are saying what you mean with good meaning, right? With good intentions. They can tell, you know, from where this, this, um, this, these words or this text or this blog or whatever it is, the means of communication is coming from. Okay. And the reason why I said, like, I could probably end, you know, the episode right here because the, the takeaway would be like, hey, be really mindful about where you're communicating from. Are you saying what you really mean? Are you afraid to say what you really mean? How can you ask for, you know, what you need Right. And and also let's add that little caveat and then be prepared for the other person to say that I can't meet that need or I don't want to meet that need. OK, um, so it got me to thinking. So this is like a little bonus to this. It got me to thinking about the process that's called um, NVC or nonviolent communication. And I thought, oh, my God, this would be a really great time. You can call it compassionate communication, nonviolent communication. But I thought this would be a really great uh, opportunity to just share a little bit about the process um, because it can be incredibly helpful, especially when there's conflict, when there is strife, and whether it's between groups of people or individuals or in your intimate relationships, your work relationships, to know how to skillfully um, communicate using a nonviolent process. And it, it's I'm fascinated by nonviolent communications because there's a line in my memoir, there's a line in my book when I said, even the language, even the language of my childhood was violent the way that information was shared, the way that people talk to you, the, the even the words we chose to use were like weapons a lot of the times. There was an abruptness and a harshness and a fierceness and not always a kindness or a tenderness or a gentleness or um, an empathy to them. There was no grace in them. They were meant to leave a mark. They were meant to do damage, right? So as I started going um, into, you know, understand, like when I, I discovered yoga when I was still at BU in college, that's a story for another day. I think I told that story in even episode one or two, I don't know, somewhere, somewhere along the way, I've told the story about how I came to discover yoga as an 18 and 19 year old. But I want to tell you some of the steps of nonviolent communication, the process. And one of the things I will always say to people who are saying to me, um, when one of my clients, you know, one of my one-to-one -one cl clients in the quest or, you know, somebody that I'm working with in some capacity, uh, says to me that they have to have a conversation with somebody and they're afraid to have the conversation and they don't want the other person to, to get mad at them or to feel like they're attacking them, or they're afraid that they're not going to be hurt or they're going to be misunderstood. The first thing I always say to them is, first of all, you got to get your mind and your hat right before you have that conversation. And I always say to them, blast love in front of you and blast love all around you. 
and ask for the best outcome for all involved to happen. So before you pick up the phone, before you send the email, before you send the text message, before you walk into the conference room, before you get on the Zoom call, whatever, before you walk on stage, whatever the thing is, literally see, and whatever this means to you, right? You might see, you know, golden light emanating out from your hat and surrounding you and outside of you and the whole audience or whatever. You might literally send pink waves of love. I don't know, whatever your thing is, right? I'm not telling people how to experience that. Use your imagination, T tap into your imagination and let the, the childlike wonder of your hat Imagine what does that mean to blast love in all directions, to send love to whoever it is that you're about to communicate with, number one. Also, try to clearly use what I call, uh, right, I am statements. So there's a big difference between going to your partner and saying, "You, when you do that, you make me feel like I don't matter. When you do that, when you, right? So immediately, we're attacking and they're going to feel usually, not always, defensive. So if you come at people by telling them what you think they're doing to you, you're the victim, they're the victimizer, you're the one who's at the, you know, the, they're the abuser, you're the one being abused by whatever, their temperament, their words, their behavior, you know, whatever the thing is, um, then that's a totally different approach than saying, right? clearly expressing how I am. So I thoughts, I always say lead with I thoughts. I feel like, right? This is a really simple, I'm sorry, buddy. Oh, can you hear Toby pajamas? Buddy, I can't right now. Hold on, you guys, I have to pause. Hold on. And I'm back. I had to escort, <laughs> I had to escort Toby pajamas out of, not the building, but out of the room. Okay. So when we lead with an I statement or I am statements, right? That's a way we can do it without blaming and without criticizing. And it's a lot easier for people to hear what you're trying to share when you're coming from your own POV and your own felt experience rather than attacking them and already putting them on the defensive by saying how much they do this awful, bad, wrong, whatever thing. Okay, so... The heartbeat of the nonviolent communication process. Now, I'm sure, first of all, let me say this. So Marshall B. Rosenberg is the one who created and developed nonviolent communication. And if you want more information, go to um, just Google the Center for Nonviolent Communication. I think you can find it at cnvc.org. So they have some really great resources and things there that can be really helpful. But I'll never forget the first time that I discovered uh, nonviolent communication. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be 100% honest with you. At first, I was like, oh, my God, this is so exhausting. This is so touchy-feely. Can you just fucking say what you want to say? Why do we have to make it this way? Why do we have to go through all these steps? Why do we have to do, I'm mirroring you back now. So what I'm hearing you say, like like old, <laughs> old mass hold me, <laughs> kind of used to think that the whole thing was tedious. I was like, why is everybody so sensitive? Like, can't you just say what it is? Like, get a thicker skin, like toughen up, suck it up, like the whole thing, right? And now, trust me, that was indicative of the fact that my nervous system, right, was like not able to go into vulnerable and tender and maybe listening and whatever, right? It's, I mean, it makes me laugh and I have no shame around it. I think it's funny as shit. Um, how far I've come <laughs> to now being like, 
okay. Trust me, don't get me wrong. There's still processes and things like that that I kind of roll my eyes at. And I just go like, oh God, can we just get to the point? You know, I still have a little bit of that impatience. But I will say that nonviolent communication is an incredibly powerful, powerful process because it allows you to express without blaming or criticizing. And it also allows people to hear without blame and criticism, right? You can empathetically receive how you are like through somebody else's POV without hearing blame and criticism. And what an incredible gift that is. So to be able to express without blaming criticism and then to be able to receive and hear without blaming criticism is like fucking magic. It is a soothing bomb for the nervous system in the soul. Okay, so here are the, here are the four things in NVC. You have observations, you have feelings, you have needs, and then there's requests. Observations, feelings, needs, and requests. So I'm going to kind of demonstrate, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you some examples so you can kind of see what it's talking about. So number one is the observation. So if you're talking to somebody else about something that they did or something that you experienced uh, via your relationship with them, and it could literally be something as simple as they always leave the toilet seat up or, um, you know, just, I'm talking about like little nitpicky things all the way to you don't listen to me or you're not present in our relationship or I feel invisible or whatever the thing, whatever's going on, right? In your, in your world. So here's what an observation sounds like. What I observe, okay? And what you're describing here is what you see, what you hear, what you remember, what you imagine, but it's like free from the evaluations. It's literally just what I'm observing, what I see, what I hear, what I remember, what I imagine. And it's the thing that does not contribute to my well-being, okay? That's what I'm trying to get across. So in our relationship, here's this thing that I'm seeing, I'm hearing, I'm feeling that does not contribute to my well-being. So it might sound like this. Hey, when I see or hear or whatever, and then fill in the blank, what's the thing, right? And it, let's just, use, I'll see if I can make this work, all right? When I see the toilet seat up, again. Okay. I'm making this up. My sweetie actually never leaves the toilet seat up. <laughs> He's really, really great about that, but let's just use that. Okay. So when I see the toilet seat has been left up, right? I'm filling in the blank. Then you go to the feelings part, step two, and this is how you feel. And this is the emotion or the sensation, right? That you're feeling in your body. And so we're going into somatics. We're going down into the body rather than like, this is what I thought about that. What we're saying is this is how I feel in relationship, in relation to like what I just observed. So it might sound like this. When I see the toilet seat has been left up again, I feel, and then you fill in the blank. Now you might say something like, I feel like you don't care about me. I feel like you don't listen to me. And, and when you say like, how is, how is this person making the leap to you don't care about me? Well, I will tell you as a female, if you get up in the middle of the night and you're half asleep and you go to sit down and the, and the toilet seat, like, you know, seat is up and, um, you know, like you flip them both up and you don't put them back down and your ass falls into the, uh, uh, a, a cold, cold toilet water. You, you will feel like the other person is not thinking about you at all, right? So it might sound a little extreme, but I'm, this is, I'm trying to give you a, a tangible example, okay? So here we go, back to one, the observation. When I see the, seat, the seat's been left up again, 
I feel like you don't care about me. Then we go down into needs. This is step three. So what I need or what I value. So again, remember, these are all I statements. So rather than a preference or a specific action, right, that causes my feelings, we're going to lead with what, what I need and what I value. So it might feel like <clears throat> when I see the toilet seats up, I feel like you don't care about me. Um, and because I need and value, and this is where I request the thing that I need and value, which is because I need and value feeling like um, you listen to me when I tell you something or that you, um, because I need and value that you hear me when I express something to you, right? This is when we're, we're stating now our need, me, my, I, I, another I statement. Then we can go down into the requests. And this is the part where you are trying to clearly communicate, clearly request the thing that would enrich my life. Your, like meaning like the I person, right? Like this is what I am asking you for. This is, would be, can I make this request without demanding it? Remember, it's a request. It's not a demand. I'm not trying to hold you hostage and twist your arm and make you say yes to this. I'm simply making a request. And this is when you could say the concrete actions that you would like taken, right? Which would be, so it goes from, goes from because I need and value, right? You knowing that you care about me and listen to me, would you be willing to, that's the request, would you be willing to, and this is the part where the other person gets to say yes or no. But do you see the difference between saying, you always leave the fucking toilet seat up and you don't care about me and I'm, all, and I'm always having to, and da, 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 da. right? Because now you've been triggered. Now you're losing your shit. And that conversation probably isn't going to go anywhere. The other person is either going to feel like they're being nagged or that they're being yelled at. And if they, depending on where they're at, they're going to shut down. You know, once in a while, maybe you catch somebody and they go, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Yes, I will try to do better next time, whatever. But imagine how much more understanding and empathy and compassion and enriching of each other's lives could come from, hey, this is what I see or feel or remember, right? I statement, you know, this is what I'm observing. This is how I'm feeling. This is what I need or value. And then these are the concrete actions I, I would uh, like taken. And then we, we ask them in the form of, would you be willing to? Not demanding not bitching and moaning, not kvetching, not blaming, not shaming, but making a request. Again, remember communicating, and this is my take on it, communicating from a place of love instead of fear. And then what the other person gets to do is they get to empathically receive how you, how they are, right? How you are experiencing them without blame or, without blame or criticism. So what they do is what I call kind of like mirroring. So what they say back to you is, so what you observe that does not or contribute to your well-being, that's what they're reflecting back to you. So they might say something like, so when you see or hear the toilet seat has been left up again, you feel, right? They're making sure they understood you. They're reflecting it back to you. You feel, and then they're going into needs because you need and value. And then they get to say, would you like me, would you like, and then they fill in the blank, would you like me to X, Y, and Z? And do you see how that's cooperative? 
Do you see that so, so different? And do you see the difference between like just saying what you mean directly and compassionately and clearly and concisely with love rather than coming from that really triggered and over um, reactive and out of control, like an adult having a, a tantrum because some part of you has been like triggered big time. Like how old are you right now? Right. And then the other person can actually hear you and receive it. And because they love you, they might be able to respond. Now, look, it takes two to tango. Just because you try to, to use nonviolent communication and say what you really mean, doesn't mean the other person's going to be on board because we got programmed at a very young age, our communication styles. So remember how I always talk about between zero and eight, right? Those last few months in, in gestation when you're still in the womb and then whatever environment your mother was going through and then what you come into and then noticing how the adults in your world talk to each other. So it's taken me a long time to not, that's why I always say we do not let Vicky with two Ks from Lawrence, like that part of me, we do not hand her the mic first. Every once in a while I do. <laughs> because it's fun and I like to give her a job, but she's the one who likes to come in hot and fast. So we have to like be mindful about that. So I'll repeat, right? In this process, you have the observations, right? The I statements, the observations, what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, what I'm remembering, what I'm imagining, imagining what, I'm, what I imagine. Then we go into feelings. This is how I feel. The needs and then the request, are you willing to? Would you be willing to? Okay. I'm telling you guys, if you do this stuff or even start to think about it, even just the thought, there might be a better way to do this <laughs> can be life-changing. So remember, a miracle is simply a shift in the mind, a shift in perception in your mind from fear to love. And I believe that that's what this communication style does. It puts us in touch with the divine energy within us, that divine energy that wants to uh, consciously communicate and communicate with compassion so we can have deeper connection because that's what we all really want ultimately in some way. And whether that's feeling more deeply connected to ourselves, to source, the divine, whatever you call it, God, love, universe, and each other, right? This is how... This is how the world goes around, man. And this is how we have more loving and joyous and happy and peaceful and easeful, not only communication, but relationships and businesses and lives, et cetera, right? So you guys, I hope this is helpful in some way. And so remember, going back to that funny thing of like, I'm going to let you go now. No, 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 no. Just say, I'm going to let myself go now. <laughs> Please just drop it and tell me how that goes because it's still, every time I think about it, it cracks me up and it makes me laugh, right? So if we can find a little bit more courage to say what we really want, what's really in our heart, be mindful in the way that we're using our words and what we're sharing. And I believe in you. We, we can do this. We are big, big boys and girls. We are big children now, right? However you identify, we have the power to use our voice and to communicate. And as long as we're making those I statements and we're taking responsibility for our own feelings, we're taking responsibility for how we're delivering the message, the words we choose. And most importantly, this is why having a daily spiritual practice is really powerful. This is why a DSP, a daily spiritual practice is so powerful because it allows us to slow down and allows us to get quiet 
It allows us to go within and get to know ourselves better. So we're more aware of those places where we might have unresolved wounds or triggers or buttons or anxiety or whatever. So we're not going, I always say it's the difference between going out into the world in an inspired way versus going out into the world and inflicting yourself on people. And communicating is one of the ways our styles of communication, man, can they make a difference and man, can they leave a mark. And if you're somebody who's in business, who has to, not even has to, but who chooses to communicate with their clients and their customers about their services or their products or their brand or whatever, right? Being able to communicate in a way that is reflective of your true energy of who you truly are, that's a game changer. So hopefully something in this episode was helpful for you. If it was, I would love to hear about it. Please reach out. You can shoot me a DM or whatever. Um, if you found some value or you got some benefit from listening to this sucker, please, please, please forward it to somebody, share it with somebody, share it on social media or whatever. And if you do tag me so I can see it, so I can say thank you because I always, always, always appreciate it. Um, if you're not already on my email list, you guys, I highly encourage you. If you love listening to the show, if you kind of love being in, for lack of a better way of saying it, like my world, my community, whatever, go and join. It's karenkenny.com slash sign up and you'll find out about all the shenanigans, all the happenings, whatever I'm up to, all the fun things. Um, and if you haven't joined us for Storytime Hypnosis yet, please check it out. Reach out to me, send me a DM or whatever, and I'll send you the link so you can sign up. It's just 25 bucks. Right now they're happening, I don't know, at least once or maybe twice a month. And people have been really just raving about the experience and saying such positive, wonderful things. Uh, and it just makes my heart so happy to be able to help people. It's only 25 bucks and you get to have uh, an incredible experience that feels like a, uh, a little hug for your nervous system. And uh, who doesn't need that these days? So you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I see you. I celebrate you. I appreciate you. I love you. Wherever you go, leave the people, leave yourself, leave the animals, leave the environment uh, better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. -E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>